Hey, so the month of April was Africa Month, and to celebrate Africa Day, which was on the 25th, we spoke to a Pan-African restaurateur, Chef Coco Rain Hazar. This world-acclaimed chef told us about his family leaving Burundi for the Democratic Republic of Congo when he was young. He also took us through the history of food around the continent. This is how our chat went with him. Enjoy. Chef Coco is originally from Burundi. Uh, he is the grandson of a Burundian princess, and I love all the stuff about African families. He also studied in Belgium. We have a, a Michelin. Uh, you don't have a Michelin? No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Africa, we don't have any restaurant in Michelin. Okay. Unfortunately. For what reason? I don't know. But you're a Michelin chef. No. 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 Okay. <laughs> Well, the internet is saying it, so I'll go with it. No, where is it? I'll show it to you. But then also just to um, talk a little bit about, um, I just love the story about your grandparents and about how food was the love story to how it is basically your whole tradition in, in you know, in becoming a chef starts from your family. Exactly, exactly. Um, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's good to be here. Um, when you say my whole family uh, is very linked to the, the kitchen industry and the cooking industry, it's really true. And often when people ask me how long I've been in this industry, I usually say 75 years. <laughs> my next, next question I've been asked is, you don't look even uh, 50 years old. Uh, I said, no, it's because I'm the third generation. Uh, 
had a restaurant which was called Lipili. Uh, Lipili is a chili in Swahili, so she called the restaurant Lipili. And it was one of the most uh, well-known restaurants where everybody could go there. And what she was doing, she was doing African food in Belgium. Uh, so you could be somebody eating the moule marinière uh, mussels, not like it was a choice. 
Exactly, yeah. And as Africans, that's what we do. We take exactly. care of family. Of course, of course. We don't say no, no. Uh, I had plans to go and, uh, and study, study another year in Japan and work in Japan because I admire the way of uh, working with Japan, how meticulous they are, how organized everything is without losing your identity. So I wanted to go and see how can I be uh, an African person, go and learn from uh, the Japanese and try to bring that African culture will happen. <laughs> um, so I had to come back and and I enjoyed it and I really don't regret any second decision that I made to come back. It was, it was a great experience. It was uh, the best experience of my life. And uh, the fact that the name changed it was the, the identity, the loss of identity, yes. I think that we can say it's, it's on a personal level. It's, uh, there are people when the Congo went from Congo to Zaire, most probably say, okay, we, lost, we lost our, our identity, it's always the Congo Empire, the uh, part of the identity. That's revolution. I never felt that. Now, let's talk about your your amazing experience of traveling around to 15 different African countries and trying traditional dishes. I try, but I, I don't think my palate is as sophisticated as yours. Talk to us about just, like, in the different regions, what kind of, you know, how the food tells the story about the different regions from, from your travels and from your work. Well, definitely, I mean, when you say uh, you're not as sophisticated, it has nothing to do with sophistication. It's a, uh, how can I say, it, it, it's something that you want to do, it's a, a statement that you want to do. Every time, if I go to Cote d'Ivoire, I have decided a couple of years ago that wherever I go, I have to eat. I have to taste it, to, to know what it is. I always say, Show me what you eat, I will tell you who is. So it's that type of mentality that I want to, to continue. I want to have uh, experience in what is to be an Ivorian on the plate, what is to be a king, what is to be a Ethiopian, a Djibouti. So since I've decided that, I've learned so much uh, in African cuisine. Much more sophisticated than, uh, than what people think or the, the image uh, we have. It's like Indian cuisine is much more sophisticated than what you find in an Indian restaurant. It's not just about curry, it's not just about vegetables. Uh, Japanese cuisine is more than just sushi. Uh, so, African cuisine, we have never thought of being. Not exposed, but being uh, proud of what we it's, it's really actually about being proud to be an African, and wanting to learn what the, the country is doing, how how they use the same ingredient or the same vegetable that we have, um, and all that. It's something that's starting to develop, okay? mainly because it has become easy to. For example, to go uh, from uh, from Kampala to uh, 
before, if you wanted to come to, to go to Kampala, okay, uh, to Gabon from Kampala, most probably you have to go first to London, yes. London go to Paris, Paris go to Gabon. Yes. Now you can have daily flights to different, uh, to different places. Hub, even in Africa, if you want to go to Gabon, maybe now you have to go to, to Cote d'Ivoire, and then from Cote d'Ivoire go to, to Gabon. So all that, as Africans, when we travel, we have to, to understand what it is, and not just stay at the, the hotel and go and eat uh, spaghetti bolognese or uh, uh, steak and chips. Oh, and yeah. You have to take, res take responsibility. Let me, let me, even if it's not good, but at least try it. If it's not your type of uh, eating, you don't like it, yes, but if you don't try something, you never know whether it's good or I mean, as you're speaking, it makes me think a lot about how for the longest time, and we've seen this change, you know, where everything that was about African culture or African fashion or music was kind of put under this label of developing world or third world. And I feel it's almost the same with African food. You know, for a long time, it was, it's never been seen as something that can be, you know, a delicacy or like a sophisticated. It's almost seen as being, oh, you're part, you know, you need to get catch up with modern times. What are your thoughts around that with regards to food? You know what? That's the whole struggle. Not, not far, not uh, more than yesterday. I was reading a book and I, somebody uh, was talking about uh, the, the connection to the sea, the DRC, from the Congo River, okay, to the sea, was discovered by a Portuguese uh, sailor by the name of Diego Carlos. Yes. Okay, that's really assuming that there were no Congolese before. <laughs> nobody from Congo saw nobody that. Saw, nobody no. saw it at all. No. I mean, Congolese people were not even seeing that. That thing, nobody was living there. Okay, it's like no Africa actually was discovered by European. There was African African Nobody. people who were living there were, didn't know it was Africa. How, how can you tell me that somebody from Portugal discovered Congo? Congo was there. Congo was existing. It's like but the same with, with our food. People trying to, to tell us that no, uh, Somebody else discover our food before us. And we, uh, as Africans, whenever we go to uh, other places, we have to be proud of discovering what is the heritage of that place. Start going in museum. Start going in uh, public area. Start going in restaurant from that country. But eat local. Definitely, yeah. So it, 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 it's all about being proud of what we do. And what, what's been your favorite? Like, because for me, I know what one of the best things about having a meal with people who uh, go to different countries is having a meal with somebody from that country, you know? And also just the way that people eat is very different. So um, last night I had, you know, I got to eat the way that people from Western Sahara eat, which is quite interesting. We sat on the floor and, and everything. For you, um, like, how do people eat, for example, in Burundi and in, in Congo? What's the, how do I say, what's the tradition the, around it? The, the whole way of eating, etc. We've been, I think, in, in Africa.
Africa would be very much westernized. That uh, to eat, you have to be on the table. It's. I mean, we we have lost uh, a lot of our identity. Whether it's good or not, it's a, it's evolution. Okay, uh, I'm not saying that we have, we have to. Uh, Sorry, although I don't see anything wrong about that, but um, I think that Africa has lost some of its identity. Uh, and sometimes by trying to, to get it back, we, we become too much of a folklore. I don't know, it's becoming a bit too, too cliche where yeah, if it's a African restaurant, you have to have a lot of masks, you have to have drugs, you have to do face painting, wash your feet. I hate that. Yeah. It's like Africa, oh, it's the over Exactly. It's yeah. becoming almost like a Disneyland type of, <laughs> uh, of experience that they give. No, I mean, you can be African mm. and eat with the fork and knife. Mm. Or can be African. I mean, if uh, African food does not allow you to start eating with sticks, but, well, okay, this has been, it's, it's the more, uh, how can I say, the more hygienic way of eating, and uh, yeah, so we can stick to that without, without losing, uh, without losing our identity. It's not just because I eat on the floor with my hand, that means I'm in Africa. What if I go eat on the floor with my hand and you I eat a pizza? Or, yeah. It's like a pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, it's really not about uh, uh, traditional way. But although I still like, for example, if you go to a table, that whole coffee ceremony after, and after eating, whatever, that's, that's really. It's powerful yeah. the way you you want in a sense. So um, I do like that. Uh, but now, if we start putting everything around, you know, tradition, folklore, it's becoming it's becoming difficult because for me, I mean, this restaurant is a Pan African We try to serve food all over the continent. Not everything, because I haven't been everywhere. Uh, but we try to, uh, I try to, to share most of my experience uh, in African countries. Obviously, you will find that the, uh, the Congolese is, is stronger. The uh, Ethiopian, the, the Senegalese, Ivory Coast, all those is, is places where been and I like the way they're eating. I've been really introduced to, to that uh, cuisine and and also it's easier to, to serve it in a restaurant way. We, we try to serve modern African food. All the, the, the dishes that we have on the menu are dishes that are not presented in the tradition. Uh, one of the other things that we do uh, every day there is a, a 
Independence Day for the country, I try to do a gastronomic ceremony for that We had one of the first people was in Senegal, so we invited the Senegalese ambassador came here. The first impression uh, when the food arrived was it doesn't look Senegalese. That's where I was like, great. That's I, I won uh, one point. Like that's what I wanted. And that's it. Taste it. Once you taste it, it was like wow, these are so so much the flavor of it. This is uh, I, I really understand what you now wanting to do. It's to modernize. How can we keep the core flavor and ingredient, but still present it in a modern in a or even in a different way, in a, in a way that works for a restaurant, in a way that can be served. Uh, beautifully plated because we, we have that stereotype of your African food that it has to be massive. Uh, people in Africa yeah, don't know, yeah, like to eat, like it has to be. Yeah. No, but you don't have to explode. Yeah. You, you still have to, to talk after. You, you, yeah. you have to feel comfortable. I don't want people to start now. <laughs> no, please, I can't stand that. This food has finished me off. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, we don't want that. You have to yeah. be able to go back home. Yeah. You, you don't want to sleep here. Yeah. <laughs> so that you, you, you can only achieve by serving small, uh, small, uh, uh, nicely designed to be attractive. Because at the end of the day, uh, we uh, we eat first with our eyes, especially something we don't know. Okay. So how do you explain to somebody uh, who? Who is used to, uh, I would say, food from uh, Ethiopia? Okay, how do you introduce that person to a very slimy okra that people yeah. have to play and with? That food, yeah, it's actually. You understand? It, yeah. it, it's it, it's a learning curve. Yeah. I always say this restaurant is a beginning. It's an edu have an educational. So, if you go and try to teach math to, to a kid, you start by one plus one equal to. Not get to 200. Not, not get to, to cosinus uh, times the tangent of this angle yeah. and whatever. You never get. You say this, this boy is stupid at math. <laughs> it's just because you didn't give him the basics. So, before we get there, we need to educate people how. Do, you, do I one day come here and eat food from uh, Uganda and then the next day I will eat in Jera and then I come back, I eat some South African food, etc. Et it's, it's really an educational process. It takes, it will take us time to learn about the, 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 the food from, from other countries. It's easier to, to go out and go and eat a pizza or eat pasta or French cuisine because it's It's attractive. It's really uh, attractive. It's easy to, to eat in a restaurant environment. And, uh, but, I, but I also think it's, I mean, you know, when you say about um, your restaurant, Epicure, being a, a place of education, I think it's so important because for me, you know, with, with a lot of the work that I do, I find that 
part of the reason why, outside of maybe the appearance and everything, is the fact that we don't actually know or have access or anything. So it's, it's this whole thing of access, and we're trained. People are trained how to eat pizza, you know? People are, are taught, they're taught how to eat and everything. And with African food, it's, it's almost one of those things that it's kind of like, you've got to go to Ramblin, no disrespect, go to yeah. the corner in the boot. And exactly, the and then that's why I, I knew that I wanted to, to, uh, to open a new African restaurant. I wanted to make sure that it's not just another average African restaurant. And when I say average, it's without being disrespectful, but it's a, a place where you go and find only a, If it's a Nigerian restaurant, you'll find only Nigerian. If they do Ethiopian food, you'll find mainly Ethiopian people. I wanted something that would be really, you find a Nigerian from Ethiopia, somebody from DRC, uh, like a, a proper Pan-African restaurant. Uh, and also, I, I wanted to make sure that the look and feel, as I said, because we eat with our eyes, will be really high even on the deco, even on the type of cutlery, the type of uh, plating that we do. I spend a lot of time uh, doing research and, and, and make sure the plating is as modern and sophisticated as I can put uh, as possible. And now just to ask, um, when it comes to, because I assume you're not the only person who cooks at a restaurant, otherwise you would never sleep. When it comes to the chefs that you have, are they from different African countries or, you know, how do you work around that? Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, they are from uh, different African countries, mainly South African, obviously. And what I want uh, them to also understand, for them it's, it's completely new, huh? some of them have never heard about Asa. Yeah. I know, so Asa was the most How African. do I do yeah. uh, this uh, plantain? Oh wow, what is it? A banana? And you have to eat a steak with a banana. Mm. What is it? Is it a dessert? And so it's also an education. It took me three months of training. And when I say training, every day cooking something, make sure that everybody uh, understands what it is. Everybody, all the waiters, they have tasted all the, the food, it was a discovery for them to, to really understand what it is and how to cook even something like couscous or something like uh, black rice, the, the, the different spices, etc. Et so it's really, I had to make sure that the people who are cooking and who are selling uh, that on the table understand that and are proud of what they see and are also as uh, interested in, in what is to be a Pan-African person and be proud of it. And, uh, that was the first step. How do I educate the people I work with? Uh, how do I educate the people who will be selling my products? Otherwise, yeah, because if somebody comes in and they ask how, for something, how, how does it taste? What's, what's, like, okay, what's this? What's I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if you go to an Italian restaurant, everybody will tell you that this one is done. Yes. Because they've tasted, because they all have been, uh, how can I say, have been uh, exposed to that type of uh, cooking and food. So I wanted to make sure I did the same with the way. They're very happy.
Bishop Sade. Very happy to becoming very creative, and, uh, which is which is good. Yeah. Now, um, this is the first African restaurant I think in South Africa, in Johannesburg, right? Um, but to ask the question also around the world. Do you think that there's ever going to be a place, because now when you look at music and fashion and everything, there's a thing where Africa is at the center of it. Do you think that the world is ever going to get to a place where African cuisine is also at the center? You know, like the way everybody would have, at one point, people were talking about Chinese food and everything. Do you think that we're ever going to get to that place um, globally? The world will only get to that place if African people put the world in that place, put Africa in that place. We cannot expect to uh, Chinese people to, to put Africa first. We cannot expect European uh, people to put Africa first. Africa will become first only and only if Africa put Africa first. So it is our time and our duty to, to really start being first part of the Africa and being that Africa is much more than what it is at the moment, and that Africa is much more beautiful and powerful and strong than how it is portrayed by the people who have all interest of making Africa still uh, a bad place or being, uh, how can I say, a place that still needs to be developed. Just to, in closing, it's Africa Day, of course, and like I mentioned, it's her mom's birthday. Happy birthday to her, please, please. I think it's so iconic. Um, for you, you know, a lot of people tell the story about Africa in different ways, and in, you know, in our day-to-day, -day, whatever work it is you do, you're basically telling a story about Africa. What do you feel the story is about African food that's a synonym for Africa as a whole to the rest of the world? So, so like, if like, how how would how does African food best describe the story of Africa as a people? How's it uh, an analogy? Mm. Well, I'm just a shit, I'm not a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let me try to answer to my best uh, knowledge. Uh, I think the, the the story of food in Africa is the same story as Africa. It's a story of struggle. Whether we like it, understand, or accept it, it's, uh, Africa has always been struggling. Okay? Uh, there is an African proverb, and I don't know from which part it is, which says, until the lion knows how to write, the story of the hunter will always be, yes, it's a Somali. But that's really Africa. That really encapsulates uh, the story of Africa. We think that no, no, African food is it's too strong. African food is too heavy. African food is too—it's uh, not sophisticated enough. If you let people say that and we allow that happen, African food will be stable. But if we take the, the risk, because believe me, it's, it's a huge risk. Uh, an investment like this is it's really a big investment. So if we are not uh, ready to take those risks, okay. well, we'll continue eating um, French restaurants and
Chinese restaurant, then he thinks that yes, that is sophistication. But he thinks it's not sophistication. Thank you very much, Chef Cook. I really enjoyed that. And honestly, for, you know, like I said earlier on, we all tell our stories, we all play our part in reshaping the story of Africa. And definitely with this amazing restaurant and just the work that you've done and just the food that you create and, you know, educating people about it, you're definitely changing the narrative. Also. So thank, thank you, you very much. much. Happy Africa Day and happy birthday to happy your mom. Thank you very much and happy Africa Day, Africa Day to Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Africa State of Mind. I hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy putting it together for you. And once again, a big shout out to all of the amazing people um, from around the amazing continent of Africa, uh, you know, who are really doing their part with regards to changing the narrative. Don't forget that you can interact with us um, on our Twitter handle at Africa State Mind. You can also join the Africa State of Mind group on Facebook. And please remember to rate us um, on iTunes. Let us know how it is that you think that we're doing. And if you have any ideas for any guests or people from your particular country uh, within the continent of Africa that are really changing the narrative, please be sure to share it with us. That's all we have for time for today. My name is Lika Sumba, Africa State of Mind. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Africa State of Mind with Lee Kasumba. Get it on iTunes now.